Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the new kids on the block for the always entertaining, sometimes wild takes that we bring to you. Don't forget to like and subscribe below and keep a lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word, for daily updates and content. Also, make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com and use our code Dynasty Dog to get a free $25 on top of your $10 deposit. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs, week five in the books. Really excited to be back with everybody. Got some pretty awesome topics to go through. Obviously, we're going to talk our dogs of the week, previous and moving forward. Uh, We actually dropped our new rankings live. So if everybody has not had a chance to go look at those on the website, um, definitely a few discrepancies between me and the boys. I think we have some fun stuff to talk about. Um, Few winners, few losers, obviously, you know, we're all watching the same league, but a few guys that I think we might be a little bit higher on than most. Uh, Nick and I made a pretty wild trade that we want to talk about. We were, (laughs) we were going back and forth for like a month on this one. And then um, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it was, it was, it was about a month and then we, we ended it with a four hour deliberation. Um, and then, yeah, Jalen Hurts, dynasty value, a little bit of Elijah Moore, and then obviously our, our questions for everybody, but without further ado, how are we doing guys? I'm doing pretty good. I had a good week today with my leagues. Um, it was good to see Marlon Mack running well, because that gives me a lot of hope as an acre and he'll come back and do good. Yes. Nicky, what about you, boy? Yeah, man, I needed 30 two points from JT last night. Oh my I God. Out. I was like, I need a career game. <laughs> oh my God. And I got it. Yeah. And also anyone oh my God. Andrews or Lamar, Bro. Hollywood. There were so many weak winners last night. It was crazy. Oh my God. That game. Yeah. So let me just go ahead and start with the fact that, so I was at the gym with uh, our podcast editor, uh, David, if you don't follow him on Twitter, Absolute stud. He doesn't tweet a lot, but he's a dope dude. So uh, if you want to give him a follow and just follow someone that's not tweeting, he's awesome. Um, But all seriousness, uh, we were at the gym, we were working out and I checked my phone and I'm like, yo, JT has like 33 points. Like, holy crap, he's having a good game. And he's like, oh, I need him and Andrew to sound off. I'm like, well, they're down 922. And I was playing um, one of my my league mates I've been in leagues with for a while, Dynasty Jake on Twitter, um, likes to talk a lot of crap. And he was sounding off for like two days about how I can never beat him. Um, well, Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor combined for 92 effing points and took him down. So that felt real good, baby. Um, I can't say watching that game live and knowing from like a fantasy perspective, you're making that comeback and it's happening in the game. I was in my car in a sheets parking lot, screaming at the top of my lungs and some guy in like one of those glass cars, whatever they fix windshields drove by. And he probably thought I was on PCP or something because your boy was sounding off. <laughs> Rest in peace game. to my boy, Tabe. He needed 57, exactly 57 points from Lamar, and he got him 56.3, and he lost. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, and just to throw <laughs> one more in, in a redraft league with my boy, Julian, uh, I had Mark Andrews and Sammy Watkins, and I was down like – by 43 i think so andrews had 40 watkins had like four points and i got just like i beat him by two and a half i think so he had justin herbert and i had barkley who got you know hurt first play so he was talking his he was talking oh smack God. you know justin herbert's your dad all that stuff and then mark <laughs> andrews just decided to play the best game he's played just sunned him oh my god that game <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that you mentioned Barkley, like, I mean, obviously just real quick, we can touch on the giants, you know, their slew of injuries for their top players, obviously Daniel Jones. I mean, the poor guy was like drooling and stumbling. I mean, he had a pretty nasty concussion report said he was on the plane, reading some books after um, talked to his parents after the game, he looked like he was good. So we'll see if he's going to be out next week. Um, Obviously not ideal for a guy that was having a career year, you know, in pretty much every category, Saquon Barkley, obviously low ankle sprain um, looked way worse than I think it actually is. Um, I actually just acquired him in a deal. So hopefully, He'll be back in a few weeks. I think they're saying two to four, but I think we all know Barkley's pretty good at, at making quick comebacks with, you know, major injuries and even minor ones. And then Kenny Galladay hyperextended his knee. Um, he should miss this week. And then we'll see after that. Um, I, I don't know what's in the water for the New York Giants, but like their trainers have to figure something out because this is absurd. Kenny's had five different injuries since training camp. Uh, obviously, Slayton and Shep, they should be returning this week. And then Tony, 
Kadarius Tony, man, the oh, bust man. of the draft. I mean, that was fun, man. Like as a fan of the team, as a fan yeah. of like football, like watching him play. I mean, I love seeing the still photos of when he initially catches the ball, right? And you know, his oh my god, turned, his back is turned to the defender. There's like five guys there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a linebacker, you know, bearing down on him from the left side. There's another safety over the top, and somehow he pivots, you know, instinctively turns the only way possible to just go through right both right th- right through wow. both of them. Shakes off <laughs> the safety insane. with a dead leg, then like stiff arms another guy. And then fights through a tackle for like another three yards, turns like a five yard check down into like a 25 yard gain. It's just absolutely insane. This guy's winning jump balls on the sideline. Two. Didn't he have two? Yes. He's running wildcats at the, in in the red zone. Almost scoring. He should have had two touchdowns this week. Bro. I know. He got tackled at the two yard line twice. And what makes me sick more than anything is the first one when he split the freaking three defenders and then charges up the field and he got ankle tackled. If he scores there, Danny doesn't get hurt on the next, on the third. Like, man, I I was thinking, yeah, bro. I was thinking about that when it happened. Yeah. Literally they ran the ball, the same play twice, which was hilarious because Jason Garrett is Jason Garrett. (laughs) And then they're like, Hey, let's run a bootleg on third down. So Danny has to score and can't just fall down and live another day. And by the way, we're not going to block for you. So you have to take on two linebackers on the end. Like, just crazy, man. But yeah, Tony, he looks like uh, he's going to make the analytics uh, department of, of fantasy Twitter just kind of eat their shorts on that yeah, one. Which if, idiots. Well, a few of them are a few of them are already a uh, Jacob. Uh, I forget his last name. Um, Jake Sanderson. Great, great follow. Yeah, RTP, really great. Yeah, really, really good. follow. I'm in a league with him, actually. He's a really funny dude. Um but yeah, he was eating his shorts on it, man. He was loving it. Michael Lou. Yeah, but um, you know what you know what the thing is, bro? Like like I'm not gonna name names, but there's people who who I follow who follow me. And you know, I'm tweeting all this pro Tony stuff. And they're like, who cares? Not gonna happen again. This is um like who who's the rookie last year who who went bonkers for like a couple weeks and then and then was garbage again? It was somebody. The rookie? Well, yes. Travis Fulgham is who people yes, keep referencing. Travis, yes, he wasn't Travis a rookie. Fulgram. He yeah. wasn't a rookie. Yeah, he was it's a completely different player. situation. Yeah. So, so people are like, oh, this is Travis Fulgham, blah blah blah, so high, and I'm like, you know, that's perfectly fine and well if you think people are going to overvalue him after a 10 catch, nine, 190 yard performance. You know, if people are valuing him as a top 20 guy, then yeah, obviously you sell you sell him for whatever you can get. Yeah. But you know, like, like Jacob was saying, he didn't account. For, for some of the things Tony can bring to the table. Yeah. And Ray, Ray GQ was victory lapping on this, you know, yeah. showing yeah, a highlight of, of Tony just, like, breaking somebody's ankles in college and saying, like, did your spreadsheet account for this? And <laughs> but, but you know what? More than anything, though, when people can admit that they're wrong, it makes discourse on Twitter about football a lot more fun. It does, man. Because it's Instead like... Instead of people just being, you know, a little butthurt sissies. Like, well, you, you don't have to have take lock about every single guy. Yes, like, exactly. I get it. If you're an analytics nerd and Tony's going off, like, sure, it kills your process. But guess what? You're not pissed off that Terry McLaurin is good right now. You're not pissed off that Calvin Ridley ended up hitting. Like, every once in a while, yeah, you're going to have a guy that breaks the mold. And, like, a lot of people missed on him. Listen, I'm a fan of the Giants, and I was pissed that we didn't draft Rondell Moore or Rashad Bateman or that we didn't just take Slater. But guess what, dude? If Tony ends up being a star – I will gladly be wrong on that. And like a lot of people got to learn to just accept the L. Like I said, Rondell Moore would outscore Chase this year. I'm bringing it up again because it was a bad freaking take. Like it's okay to say that, you know, sometimes you just, you, you view a situation from a certain perspective and you, you're wrong. So um, I had Ayuk finishing top 12. So I mean, <laughs> hey man, he still might. All right. Like we can still, still believe, could. right? <laughs> On a points per game basis, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's a little tough. Can we also talk about the fact that Jonathan Taylor is the RB3 in Dynasty for an effing reason, bro? I'm sorry. Huh? RB2? He's moving up? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Constantine, talk to me! No, and, and he only had, uh, I believe, 19 touches last night. And if you look at it from the perspective of the guy had, what, 15 carries for 53 yards? Obviously, his yards per carry was low, three and a half yards. But, like... He took a screen to the house and he's like, you know what? We need to give Marlon Mack some more carries. We got to get this guy going. Like, and they lost the game because of it. Can we just call it what it is? Yeah, like, of course. You yeah. keep feeding Taylor. It's over, dude. Like, there are reports of the Chiefs going to get Marlon Mack. So that would be really nice. 
I mean, that would be great really? because, yeah. I mean, listen, Hines looks good, but Marlon Mack in a Chiefs uniform, sign me up, baby. I love Hilaire. He'll still get his targets. He'll still get his work. Marlon Mack's not an every down guy, but Jonathan Lee Taylor Jonathan needs Taylor. Bro, he is literally to me, and I'm not exaggerating this, like he's not Derrick Henry, but it's so reminiscent in the sense of like when Henry started his career, like people would say, just feed him. Yeah, and, for, and, and ever they wouldn't. To DeMarco Murray for some reason. Yeah. It I just feel. reminds me of AP when he runs. I watch him and I'm like, that really reminds me Bro, of watching. that. So it wasn't the long screen pass. It was the one that he got in the third or fourth quarter. Oh, I think it was the fourth up. quarter. Yeah. yeah, he caught it. And he made a guy miss and went up the field oh, like 14 yards, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. The one where his back was turned then, and then he had to, like, readjust the ball in his hands, right? Oh, here. my God, man. Watching him play, like, I can't tell you. There's not many players I watch play, and they make me giddy. Jonathan Taylor legitimately does that for me. And it's just – it's so fun to watch. Definitely. Just to, just to turn back on something, Johnny, you can go to my rankings. DeAndre Swift is the running back for bro. I never put him over Taylor. Believe me, bro. When I when I tell you I checked before the show so I didn't have to yell at you, I, I made sure that was like the first thing I was like, all right, where did Khan do it? Where did he where did he put my boy? Bro, freaking Johnny asked me a question about anything and I give and I mean I asked Johnny a question and he gives me an answer and I and I'm never like, yo, what are you talking about, bro? And then I bring up <laughs> and then I say, and then I say a couple more weeks of Swift catching like five passes a game and Taylor, you know, you know, keeping pace, but not being as good. And then I'll consider putting him at three. Like, and then he was like, oh, my God, Con, what are you doing? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. And I'm like, you know, bro, you, you need to. Just chill out. You know, I know he's your son, but just, you know, relax. He is. He's like a son to me. I can't deny it. But listen, it's it's just awesome to see him get the carries. It's awesome to see him getting some work. Obviously, we want him to do more and get more work. But he he's showing the type of superstar potential that we know he has. He's taking a screen to the house. Well, like the first or second play of the game. So it's, it's just dope to see those kind of things. Cause we draft these guys to be our horses in dynasty, right. Or in, in fantasy, like I have Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor in the league. I was down by like 70 points and I ended up winning by like 15 or 20. Like it's just, it's dope Johnny because said the story. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying it's dope because when you want those guys to carry you, they actually do it. Like it's just, yeah. it's just good yeah. stuff, man. So listen, let's, let's go ahead and transition dogs of the week. Let's recap last week. I'm pissed. Cause I suck at this. And I've had four people tell me they're not taking my advice anymore until I hit like three consecutive weeks. I feel you. I'm not taking my advice right now. Con, tell me yours because yours hit. You both of yours hit, bro. Yes, sir. So I had I had uh, Daryl Henderson, who is a little bit of an injury concern coming into the game. So I gave you two. First, I gave you Henderson, and I gave you Cortland Sutton. And Cortland Sutton had, I believe, seven catches for a buck twenty and a touchdown. So if you played him, which I hope you did, you were definitely happy with him. And Daryl Henderson, although he was kind of splitting on Thursday night, coming in and out of the game. He still finished with 82 and a touchdown and had a little bit in the passing game, I believe he did. So, you know, it was about, I think, 16 or 17 points for Henderson, and Sutton had about 25 in PPR formats. So either one of those, you guys were happy. And Nick, kick it off to you. Yeah, so my boy Dawson Knox, I I started him with you guys if you started him, and – he won me two matchups. Like he was, he went off, and it was only three catches, but that's all he needed. He had a touchdown and 117 yards. So I know Khan's working on something with Dawson Knox. It should be out this week at some point. Yeah, he's a monster. We both love him, and yeah. I would you still know, buy him. Me, me, and Johnny. Yeah. I was three years too early on this guy. I was so going to say, because last year I remember we both liked Dawson Knox, and then I kind of just gave up on him this offseason. So I'm eating major curl on that one. I wish well, I kept my shares. I think one of the things, and, and me and my buddy Joe will talk about this all the time. You know, when tight ends, there's an acclimation period, and they're always kind of on that third year trajectory when it comes to production. And Dawson Knox fits that mold really well. You saw major improvements over the last three years with him as a player and as a as a you know fantasy producer. Obviously, last year he wasn't anything special. I'm just saying you've seen improvements. Um, this season, obviously, he's taken that huge jump. And I mean, 
it also is really good for the the bills that they don't really have other options, right? It's digs. Emmanuel Sanders has looked really good. They do have Cole Beasley there. Who's had his weeks. And then, you know, obviously Gabriel Davis, who a lot of people thought was going to make a big jump this year. I think Knox is kind of, you know, um, the one that's the beneficiary of, of those targets and that value. So it's just great to see a player that, you know, I was high on kind of finally hitting. And I think a lot of people loved him coming out of Ole Miss, but it's just taken some time um, for me. Lavishka Chanel. I, listen, I, I can only tell you who I like and like what like matchups fault, are man. good. I mean, urban Meyer, I'm not going to sit here and, and I'm going to eat crow on it. Like, again, like haven't like Monty, I said to, fire him up and the guy is out for four weeks. I tell you, Hilaire is a hold and, and he ends up getting hurt. Like, I, I feel like I'm cursed right now. I don't even want to tell you guys who not to like, um, cause I feel like something, you know, might happen to them, but yeah, Lavishka, he got three targets, one catch 58 yards, you know, that kind of saved his day. I think in, in our format, he had about seven and a half points, 7.3. Yeah, cause um, it was a play over 40 yards. So yeah. So there's a, I think we have a 0.5 bonus or whatever it is. So listen, you know, it's tough because as a fan, you look at Lavishka and you're like, yo, this guy should be eating. Um, they just aren't utilizing him, especially after your boy Chark went out. You think this guy's gonna get eight, nine, ten touches a game? And I, I just, dude, no carries, come. no freaking screens. No, well, now Tavon Austin's doing that stuff. Oh my god, it's and it's, it's and it's bro, funny. Urban Meyer thinks he's back at freaking OSU, bro. And I'm gonna pull my eyes out of my socket. <laughs> What's funny about it is the fact that he's sitting there saying we want to have 250 passing and, and and rushing yards, and I'm like, you got the guys to do it, you. Freaking, I want to curse right now. I'm not allowed to. The boys are telling me to keep my mouth shut, but it's just so frustrating, bro. Like, how can you be so bad? You got your fingers in this girl's hoo-ha at the bar, but you can't take care of your boys on the field. It's just, it's, it's Yo, absurd, Did you see man. what he said? I sent you that quote last night because you wanted yeah. Robinson. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I want 250 rushing and passing yards. Yeah, it's what I'm saying, man. Like, Yeah, so does got, everybody. Yeah, you got the personnel for it. So I I don't know, man. Uh, let's transition, though. Nikki and I made a really big trade. Uh, we've been talking. I'm not even trying to joke. We've been talking about this deal for a month. And, like, it finally just happened. So um, both sides, I got Kareem Hunt, Dallas Godair, Kyler Murray, and CeeDee Lamb. He got Javante Williams, Dalton Schultz, Joe Burrow, and A.J. Brown. Um, this league, it's four points passing per touchdown, so obviously Kyler's going to hold a little bit more value. It's points per carry to .25. Um, obviously, a pretty fair deal, I think, from a value perspective. Obviously, Schultz is blowing up right now. Godare really isn't doing anything. A.J. Brown and C.D., I think most would say kind of interchangeable to an extent, dynasty-wise. You know, Burrow, I have as a high riser in dynasty, but obviously Kyler are ahead of him. And Javante and Hunt, that I think was the big, like the crux of the deal that was hard for me because I see Javante blowing up over the next five to six weeks, kind of similar to what we saw with Dobbins last year. Hunt, though, is playing really good football. Like he's like he's playing really good football. Like especially Khan likes to call him a handcuff, you know, likes to say he's like a top, you know, 20 guy. Like he's been a top eight running back. Like I I don't understand how this guy just gets (laughs) averages a touchdown and a half every week. Like, he's good. I absolutely, he's very, very absolutely, good. he's he's very good. Like, it just pisses me off, man. He's RB six on the year in PPR <laughs> formats, bro. It's it's it drives me crazy because he's higher than Nick Chubb, and I traded, um, a farm. I traded Trey Lance, and who was it? The trade I did with David. I traded Trey Lance and Miles Sanders and Brian Edwards for Rogers and Chubb, and I was like, all right. I'm I'm having a pretty big drop off in quarterback, you know, over the course of the next three to five years. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. but I'm gonna get a top ten guy this year, and you know, obviously, what, what happens on a trade for a player, his touchdowns gets vultured, and <laughs> his backup is and, rated higher than him on the season. And that's what happens to me. The, yeah. The best part of that is I own Kareem Hunt in that league. I roster him, so I get to enjoy the fact that Khan's. Oh yeah, you're funny. You're, you think you're a funny guy. <laughs> Well, Chubb's still the 12, RB12, and it's only going to yeah. go up. It, listen, like it's, be, it's like Robert Woods last week, right? Like these things, they, they correct themselves. You, you don't have to stress about it, guys. Don't, don't sell Nick Chubb low. You know, Chubb is still one of the best pure runners of the football in the NFL. He's still a stud. We know that. Let's one just, of the best real-life you know, running backs. Yeah. I think him and – I mean, I've had that argument with people. I think him and, and Derrick Henry are probably two of the best oh, pure yeah. running backs, like pure running of the football backs in a league, and I don't know that there's much of an argument on that. So just so everybody can get some, you know, kind of a feel, Johnny has Chubb at 9, Nick has him at 12, and I have him at uh, 10. So Yeah. 
And I, I'm a I think, low on him, but not, I think it's I'm just from really. a fantasy perspective, yeah, it's exactly. hard, right? You know, like real life, I'd say he's definitely top five for me. Yeah. Um, it's just hard from a fantasy perspective because guys like Swift, um, they have these these insane ceilings because they're going to get those targets in the air and they're going to get those carries at the goal line and they're going to get the you know the chunk plays. Brian in the Flores of the field. says Tool is throwing and doing well in practice. A good sign for this week. It's a great a live update. That. Yeah, yeah, and I, mean, I wish I, we had a breaking news drop like the footballers yeah. do. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> well, I, I listen. You know, and Khan's been on on Twitter just absolutely slandering to his name. So, I mean, do we want to do you want to talk about two at all? Or do we want to wait till after his performance? Uh, impromptu to a segment. I mean, it's all right. Listen, you don't like the kid, and it's all right. I know you don't think he's great at football, but I think a lot of things, and this is actually going to spill into the next segment. So we could just talk very briefly on two, and then move right on. A lot of things with players is predicting, right? You have to look at the whole puzzle. And this is why, so I'm going to talk about Jalen Hurts. That's, that's really the next topic that I want to cover. And I, I know you guys are, are very high on him too. So from a dynasty standpoint, there's a lot of um, angst. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of thoughts on who Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, what he will be able to do long-term and what his value really looks like, right? But when you look at a player in Dynasty, and this is what will separate you from other people in your leagues, is understanding there isn't just one piece to that puzzle. It isn't just, is this guy good or is this guy bad? And if you look at things from that perspective, when that bad player plays well or that good player plays bad, you're not going to understand why that happened because you didn't look at the whole puzzle. There's context, right? So when you don't look at what is the scheme, who are the coaches, does that player fit that scheme? Who are the players around them? What's the offensive line look like? There's so many things to look at with these players that they get dismissed and then a player blows up and people are like, I never saw this coming. How is this possible? Or a player starts doing really good and then starts doing bad again. Well, there's reasons behind that. And I think a guy like Jalen Hurts is a really good example. He's played very well at times and at other times he's looked very bad, but like, where are you guys at on him? Because in Dynasty, I have him ranked in the 11th at 11. I moved him up a little bit, then back down two spots. Um, I, I think he's a franchise guy just based off of his intangibles alone. I think if the right coach gets his hands on him, he will be able to shape him into the type of player he needs to be. Yeah, his accuracy needs a little bit of work. You know, people can talk about the arm strength, but his touch is beautiful. I mean, he has some passes that I look at, and I'm just like, man, like, I know this guy is the guy. So, And he's also made strides over the last three years as a quarterback. You can see each year he's progressed. Um, he's also only started, I think, nine games in the NFL, maybe 10. I, I'm not sure if I'm right about that. Yeah, he's a rookie. about to say. Yeah, he's a rookie. So, I mean, I, I'm passionate about Jalen Hurts because I do think he's a franchise guy and the Eagles do want to move off of him. That's fine. Another franchise will, will luck into getting him. Um, what do you all think? I mean, because he's my guy. I mean, I, I believe in this kid full heartedly. For me, the biggest thing you, you talked about is his touch on his passes. Right. And uh, like what we saw with Trey Lance is that right now he might be more of a thrower than a passer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like um, who who's an example of this also sometimes? I mean, Russell Wilson, he's got a beautiful touch on his ball. We've talked yeah. about that. Justin yeah, Fields, I mean, he's got a nice touch on it. There's a difference, right? You have people that pass a football, they throw hard, they got arm strength, and then you got other guys that can, yeah. they can just place the ball in the perfect spot every mm -hmm. single time. Herbert so, can do that. What yeah, Herbert's got an arm. Herbert's, um, Herbert yeah. has like some crazy throws. You know, Colin Cowherd talks about Herbert, and I think he's spot on how it takes a lot of maturity and poise for a quarterback to have an arm like that who can throw the ball like 65 yards in the air and not just do it every trip down the field. So yeah. 100%. Yeah, because you're not trying to – dude, when, when a player can take well, their – We're going to get into Herbert a little bit later on, so – We'll, we'll we'll save this we'll save this conversation yeah, true, for the next true. segment. Yeah, I was just gonna say in the sense of like when a player can take their skill set and let it transcend throughout their entire game. Yeah, that's a special thing to be able to do. And I do see Jalen Hurts being able to like he's he's a winner. He's the kind of guy that he's gonna look at the game. And he's gonna say, "What do we have to do to win?" And like Carolina, for example, he had a pretty bad game. I believe it was raining. It was it was one of those games that just was ugly against the top defense, and he did what he had to do to win the game. Like. You know, people want to talk about QB's win, QB wins and losses when it's relevant to their narrative. But then when a player wins a game, well, he played like dog shit. And it's like, OK, so like, what are we going to do here? You know what I mean? Like the guy's a rookie. Yeah. Like, call it what it I is. I still have him at 11 for my personally. And it doesn't really matter, honestly. Like, even if he keeps playing like this and he doesn't get much better, which is not realistic, in my opinion. No, it's he's going to be really good for fantasy, regardless, <laughs> with his rushing floor. Especially like in a four point passing league, 
Hurts is going to be awesome. I, I just love how, how people will look at a player and be like, yep, that's who he is. Never going to change. And I'm no, like, I didn't say that. I said, no, no, no. I know you didn't. I'm saying people on Twitter, like you read it and it's like, how, why is this guy never going to get better? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I clearly have never heard of Devonte Adams, bro. Like yep. he was on, he was on the, he was on the roster bubble when he was in like his third year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a really awesome thing when you can see a player that you, and, and this is kind of another, so next segment, we'll go ahead and move into that is to talk about Elijah Moore. And I think one of the things people have to understand is you need to wait and see who a player is before you decide to move on or off of them. Right. So like Elijah Moore has not shown me anything to say. He is not who I thought he was pre-draft. He has not played poorly. He has not been a player that I've looked at and had a ton of drops. He's not getting open. He looks good. He's getting open on, I think, over 80% of his routes. It's not him. of the team's air yards. I mean, they're just, listen, they don't look good right now. Zach Wilson is making bad decision with the football. He's not playing smart football. And unfortunately, when you have a rookie quarterback with a rookie coach, a shoddy offensive line, and a scheme that for some reason they take more important that you could play every position than just playing well and putting up points, you're going to have struggles. So. Yeah. I think people have to learn to understand like, Hey, you bought this guy. Maybe you spent an early second round pick on Elijah Moore. If you did it in a startup draft, you probably drafted him top seven to eight, nine rounds. I mean, you invested a lot of capital in this kid to be good. They've played five games, guys. Stop selling low on rookies because they haven't performed over the first five weeks. Not everyone is going to do what Justin Jefferson and now Jamar Chase is doing. Not everyone does that. They didn't even start off hot. And yeah. people were selling him. I yeah. sold Justin Jefferson in a third for Henry Rugg to, for Henry Ruggs to Brett Papa, and uh, Papa done did me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I look back at that trade and feel sick to my stomach. I don't even think I'm in that league anymore, and I still think about that trade all the time. Like, like, dude, stop selling low on rookies. I've done it. We've all done it. But like, Elijah Moore has not done anything to show you he's not good at football. Like, you know, exactly. me and one of my boys. Um, he, he's a huge, huge, huge Jets fan. And he tells me every day that Quinton Williams is generational, which is a time topic for another day. <laughs> but, um, so when it's, when it's like, you know, whatever, and we're on discord, he, he has NFL game pass. So we watch the Jets film sometimes and we were watching the film from the, what was the game before the Falcons game? Was that the Titans? Yes. Yeah. They believe, beat the yeah. Titans. So we, we were going through the, you know, all the plays, um, all the dropbacks, all the carries, all this, all this and that. And he missed Elijah Moore probably in like three or four easy, you know, like passes in, into like an out route or, you know, like just like uh, they're playing zone and he settles down right in the middle and he misses him. So like Nick was saying, how he gets open frequently, it's very, very true. Like you could just watch and you could tell. Um, yeah. So, you know, if the struggles continue into week seven, eight, nine, and he still keeps getting open at the rate that he is, I think that's the time when you feel even better about buying because it's going to be for super, super, super cheap. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to happen, man. And and again, it's like guys like Brandon Ayuk. I mean, <laughs> Phil Ruski. I don't know if y'all know him. He must ask me every single week. Hey, man, uh, what do I do with Brandon Ayuk? And I'm like, bro, you got to just sell him because you can't handle the emotional roller coaster of Kyle Shanahan (laughs) that we're all going to experience. Like sometimes players take a year. I remember drafting Mike Williams and Corey Davis in the top five rookie drafts. Guess what? (laughs) They're just now relevant. Like you just it just is what it is, man. Sometimes life just happens that way in Dynasty. God, dude, Mike Williams, (laughs) do you need a minute every year? I was in on him and I drafted him every year. I'm like, oh, he's going to break out this year. He always had a lot of yards or a lot of yeah. touchdowns. And now he's putting it together. The year I stopped going after him. So never give up on your guys, all right? Please. Because we talked about it with Condé, with Knox, Johnny Day with Knox. I just did it with Mike Williams this year. It hurts yeah. so much. It hurts. It's tough, man. Because you really do. And again, we've brought this up. You really do sometimes know better than a coach when it comes to like a talent and we've seen it, right? Like, Edwards. like, well, yeah, I mean, well, now we's we'll see. I <laughs> well, mean, now Gruden's gone. So with the, with the fall of John yeah, Gruden, Gruden. We, we will, I think both Gruden's are out of the NFL now. It's pretty crazy. Um, I, I think that we'll see a, a very different um, scheme to an extent. I don't think they're going to change everything up for the Raiders, but 
just just point I'm making, you're going to have players you're really high on and sometimes you just have to hold. And that's okay. Like, you know, I, I had one of our league mates, Connie, was giving me crap because I tried to trade him a second and a third for Tony. And he's like, I think he'll outgrow that value. And, you know, I'm going to give him crap because that's just what I do. But he was right. He hit on that, right? Like Kadarius Tony for a second and third right now. It might be fair value, but you're not getting it because people are like, well, let me kind of see what he can do. Let me see where he's at, Absolutely. Um, which is totally understandable because the player flashed some incredibly big play potential and, and a guy that maybe not this year, but in the next year or two could end up being the one or two in that offense where you just see him being a monster. Now, that may not happen. and You're taking a risk holding him, but we've seen it with guys like T. Higgins, Claypool. You know, they outgrow their draft capital. Even Michael Pittman last night looked like an alpha. You know what I mean? So sometimes you hold a guy and you hit. Other times you hold a guy and it's Travis Fulgram. Um, I know what's really funny, too, about that. I was just looking through uh, my bench. I have Darius Geis. On an IR, suspended players there. He's 23. I don't think anything will ever happen. It's so unlikely. But if it just can't let go, I just saw he suspended six games. So he's eligible to play week seven. And we're going into week six. That could be interesting. I I highly doubt it. It's probably useless. But I thought he would have to sign and then miss out on the six games. I don't think that's how it works. No, really. That's interesting. No, he's suspended for the first six games of the season. So, yeah, he's able to come back week seven. Listen, if you want to know true pain, it's being all in on Darius Geis in like 30 effing leagues and getting that news and having – I must have had at least 80 text messages and 150 tags on Twitter. (laughs) Like everyone knew I was the biggest Darius Geis guy, and I'm just like, what do you do? You just crawl into a hole and accept reality. Johnny, he's, he's dead at, at that point. I was looking at, I think it was 12 Angry Men in our one of our first dynasty leagues. Oh, and you dude, traded you it. traded Kareem stop. Hunt a one and a two for Darius Geis. Oh my God. That that's gotta be the worst trade I've ever made. I think that's the worst trade I've ever made. It's up there. I mean, Jefferson in a third for for rugs is is pretty egregious. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry. I've made horrible trades. We'll talk about it. We'll have a segment one time. Bad yeah, trades. we'll just talk bad trades. So we didn't really cover our rankings. Um, I, I think there was some definitely there, there was definitely some big winners and some big losers over the few first few weeks. Um, I'd say for me, if I'm picking three players that I felt really um moved up the ranks for me obviously you know deandre swift he moved up to five i brought him up three spots eckler though i mean i i had him i think at so he's at six now i had him at 11 i mean that's that's a pretty big jump you know what i mean and it was deservingly so i mean he's playing incredible football the scheme fits him he's not just a runner he's a pass catcher herbert loves him and he's proving that um that's obviously something you love to see um jefferson i i i just Listen, I'm never going to have take lock. You know, if I'm wrong on a guy or I feel like I need to pivot, I'm going to do it. Jefferson, I moved him to four. He moved up five spots. And then, you know, I, I moved uh, Jamar Chase to seven. You know, he moved up nine spots for me. Um, I think that may be a little high, but at the same time, look at his age. Look at what he's doing. Look who he's tied to. I'm obviously very, very high on Joey B. Um, I've, I've spoken about that. I, I did let Herbert jump him. Um, I think that, again, that's take lock if I leave Herbert, you know, below him because Herbert's proven it. Um, those are some big winners and losers from, uh, not losers, winners for me. Um, losers wise, I'd say as of right now, my biggest drop, I mean, Brandon, I, did drop down six spots, but that's more or less just because from a dynasty. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know if it's this year, if it's next year. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton, I did drop down a few spots, but that was more or less because I had other guys just ascending above him. Um, Sanders, I dropped down three spots. That's been that's been hard to watch. I mean, I don't know about yeah, you, you guys. Miles Sanders, oh, yeah. I got to move yeah. him down more. Yeah, actually. talk about it. I mean, like yeah. that's been that's been tough to see. And everybody thought this week was Gainwell week. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I have Miles Sanders at twenty two right now overall for dynasty running backs. Yeah, I, I don't know that that, that, might, that might even be high because. Chase Edmonds is in Arizona. I have him two spots behind Sanders. And if somebody tells me they have Edmonds over him, I'm not going to call you crazy. I mean, I just yeah, traded I for Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, like, um, I, I have Sanders followed by J-Rob, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Tony Pollard is back there. And, you know, if you want to make an argument for any of these guys over Sanders, I'm not going to call you crazy. I still buy the talent. And I, I just think Sirianni probably is going to get fired because they're not playing too well. 
you know, it's it, it is early to get into that, so I shouldn't really be projecting. No, not about that. I'm just saying, like rock paper scissors, like fuck that. Well, and and I agree with you. You know, I have I moved J Rob up, man. I have J Rob at twenty, Kareem Hunt at twenty one. Kareem Hunt is just playing too well. You know, I just I, listen. Twenty one isn't that high, but I moved him above Sanders. I mean. At this point, you'd be stupid not to, man. He's yeah. just not performing. They're not using him. Like, you don't know where he's going to go. Is his contract up next year? Um, it is up after Sanders. So he has a whole nother year in that system. Yeah. Yeah, that's just you know, you know, bro, you're experience. right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm about to, I'm about to move him down another three spots. I think we're going to move him to. <laughs> I mean, is that's that fine. Your, is that your biggest mover now, Con? Um, my biggest mover for running backs is Eckler plus six. See, I, where do you have him now? Yeah. Right now, I have him at eight. See, I started with him at eight, so I'm not moving him up. I'm not going to okay. put him past Kamara. Fair. I mean, I I'll tell you this. My biggest mover from the rankings, and I got to give this guy some freaking love. Hunter Renfro moved oh. 65 effing spots, bro. The guy was too low. He was unranked, and I'm showing him the love, man. He is literally the wide receiver, two behind Darren Waller in that offense. Tell me why. Because they don't use Brian Edwards. <laughs> or Henry Ruggs, the guy they spent a first round pick on. They picked over CD yeah, and Judy. Too, but he's been getting some deep love. Yeah, he's been looking good. It. We'll see what that offense Honestly, and I, I think my biggest mover was DJ Moore, bro. The oh, touchdowns baby. came and, and I knew it was going to come. Oh, baby. Right when the touchdowns were coming, he was going to be elite. And he moved up to number eight for me, seven spots. Yep. Yep. I got him at six, bro. That That's, I felt like that was. Like I love DJ more probably most than more than anybody. I like I over Terry by one spot, and I love Terry, but they're both. Yeah. Yep. Like right I, I mean, I have so I have DJ Moore at six, Jamar Chase at seven, Ridley at eight, Terry right behind him at nine, and dude, listen, I mean, we could talk about it briefly. I can't put CD higher than where I have him right now. I have where, him at. Where do you have him? I have him at ten. What? Yeah, that, I mean, that, I have really? him at nine. So listen, uh, listen, I get I'm it. I'm definitely the highest on him. Okay. The talent is there. It's not a talent, but it's like, dude, he's being out to an extent, outproduced, you know, out targeted by Dalton Schultz, and 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 Gallup's not there. Like, what happens when Gallup? Like, listen, long term, yes, yeah, CD's going to be a superstar. We know that he already is one talent wise, but like, I'm sorry, Terry McLaurin is going to outproduce him. Maybe even next year too. Like yeah, I, I don't the, know. I'm gonna Johnny, give at least that's, a few more weeks. That's the way that I think about it, though. Like, so I have CD at nine, right in front of him. I have Jefferson, Metcalf, Chase Hill, Diggs, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, McLaurin, and then I have right behind CD. I have Adams, Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, right. So all those guys in front yeah. of him. I said the first what was that eight? Jefferson is the unquestioned one. Metcalf yeah. is the one. Chase is the one. Tyree yeah. Kill is the one. Biggs is the one. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. McLaurin yep. is the one and the freaking two. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. CD Lamb just they can have a game where CD Lambs get three gets three or four targets and they score 35 points. They don't need him. Yeah. If like they he, game plan CD Lamb out of the game, it's okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's a hundred. I just want to know what happened right. week yeah. one and two. It's 15 targets, nine targets, and then it was Three, five, and six. Oh, it's Mike McCarthy, man. And th- and this is the thing. Like, I I don't not believe in CD. I own CD shares in every league last year. I still think CD is going to be that guy. He is that dude. When you I'm watch him worried. play, he's nice, bro. I mean, yeah, he has some drops. He looks he looks sometimes on his routes. He's a little like you know, I don't care. But at the same time, dude, he's an incredible talent. And there's no way I'm going to be moving him down. You know, to 12, 15, or anything like that. It's just. That's where I got him right now, man. I'm going to keep him at five for me personally for now because I have him in a bunch of leagues. I still trust him. That yeah. offense, they're going to throw a lot. It's going to correct itself. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit higher than consensus. I mean, that's, I think, no, nah, honestly, bro, I don't think you are. I think most people would argue top eight for sure. Like top five, I don't think is he, I don't think you're crazy for it. It's just one of those hills I'm willing to die on as of right now that he just hasn't done enough to say he's a top five guy. He had that oh, yeah, quick I start can- last year, you know? Yeah. I was Sorry, really yeah, encouraged was when sadly last year. What yeah. happened? I was saying sadly he didn't have Dak for most of yeah. last year. I was about to get into that. Like when he had Dalton, I was super, super encouraged that the targets were still there and he was finding way to get in the end zone. Um, but just from like opening day where he got outproduced by Amari, even though he had 15 targets. Yeah. And then just the kind of the 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 trend the offense has taken the last three weeks, where Zeke and Pollard look like maybe the best running back duo we've seen since, I don't know, a long time. 
you know, it, their, their line is Tyron Smith is staying healthy. Terrence Steele is a good run blocker. Uh, Biotish is a good run blocker. Zach Martin is there, obviously. So Dude, their offensive line, I think they have three top like five guys at each position, like offensive the, line. Bro, the thing is, they have you know what whatever it was three top five guys, and Lyle Collins is still suspended. So yeah, he's a <laughs> oh, And when you think about all this, and then remember that Travis Frederick retired was forced into retirement two years ago because of a amino immune system disorder. I think he had. Yeah, it was like his nervous system was like yeah. attacking itself. S- something crazy. Like that. So it's just. They know how to draft old line man. Well, because they invest, man. They're the kind of team that they're like, yeah, we'll spend a first round pick on offensive line because we saw what it did to Tony Romo and and we understand the value of having a, a game plan where we can just pound the rock down your throat. We also have a quarterback that can sling it and put up 500 yards in the air and it doesn't matter because we'll beat you any way we want to on offense and the defense has been pretty good um they put the smack down on the giants this week you know they're they're a team that i think people are looking at as a contender this year i don't know if i agree with that i think that they're i i just always look at the cowboys as pretenders and until they can do it and and it's real they're pretenders to me and that's just the way that is but um yeah interesting stuff guys i think uh, a couple guys alan robinson right now he moved down for me one spot uh to 18 it's tough, man, because uh, you know the talent's there. You know what it is. Like, he was a guy that I think start the year, I was pretty convinced he was basically going to be a top 12 guy. Yeah. Um, the production okay, well, isn't there. The targets aren't there. He's, yeah. Go so ahead, before Tom. before we move off of these receivers, let's let's talk about some of the older guys, like Devontae Adams, Hopkins, mm-hmm. um, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson. Where do you guys put them? Uh, Cooper Cup also, because. Yeah. I moved Cup, Cup up eight spots. Yeah, I that, that I think that's fair, and I I just don't know what to make of it because, you know, Michael Thomas is twenty eight. We haven't seen him on the field, and I'm I'm positive he'll come back and look really good. But uh, when you rank him among those around his kind of age and talent level, which is those guys I brought up, and then you add in the younger guys, and then you add in the guys who are about twenty five, twenty six, and are the ones in the offense like a Deontay Johnson, like a Chris Godwin. Uh, who's who's kind of like the 1B, I guess. But I, I don't know how to balance it. Like, I, I try to do my best to balance the age and the production and the ranking of them within the offense. But it gets really hard. hard. So I, ha- I have... It does, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I have Thomas at 19. But if you ask me, like, current day, who would you have, you know, for the rest of the season or next year, you know, Thomas would probably be in my top, like, 12 to 15. Yeah, so for me... Yeah, I have him at I, 20. Okay, yeah. So I'm definitely higher on Michael Thomas. I mean, and I have Cup at 19. <laughs> Cup is hard for me. I, I probably realistically would rat. It's really hard, also because of MT's situation this season, like how it started. Yeah. I really hope he comes back and is healthy. I haven't been able to get a share. <laughs> I've been buying but, him everywhere I can, man. So I have. So th- to answer your question, Con, for me, I look at it from this perspective. I started the year. Devontae Adams was um, wide receiver eight for me. And DeAndre Hopkins was wide receiver seven. I moved them down to 11 and 12. Michael Thomas is at 13 for me. My logic behind them at that point, Adams is going to be a free agent next year. Aaron Rodgers and him may split up. If they do, where does Devontae Adams go? He's probably going to get paid you know, a large contract, but at the same time, he's 29 years old. Now, a player of his caliber, obviously, he's predicated on route running. It's not as much about the speed or the power or anything like that. He's just a He's just a strong wide receiver, you know, with big hands. He can make the plays that he needs to make over the middle of the field and he can get open where he needs to because his route running is so good. He's a red zone threat. So it's not that I think that he's going to fall off the face of the earth next year or the year after. But at the same time, that situation is is a reason to, to have question and pause when there's these studs that are producing are in good situations. And there's reason you could put them ahead. Same with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he's he's tied to Kyler. It's also getting a little bit older. He's nicked up every single year. At some point, you have to wonder when that does drop off. Not that I think that Hopkins is going to drop off this year or next, but at the same time, you just don't know. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having them there. They're still in my top 12. It's not like I'm disrespecting them and saying they're, you know, bottom 20 players and they're going to produce top five probably this year, top, you know, seven, eight, whatever. Um, that's where I'm at on him. Michael Thomas, though, he could be a riser for me. I, I see him yeah. if he has a strong second half of the season when he plays, especially with Winston making guys like Callaway and Deontay Harris look relevant. Um, I would be shocked, and I'm not exaggerating, if I didn't see Michael Thomas with an average of 10 to 12 targets a game. Um, oh, he catches absolutely. everything. Yeah, yeah. So 
I think he's going to be winning some people some some serious money this year. Again, I, I traded for him in a few leagues and made sure I got a, enough shares that I didn't have to sit around and worry about it. Um, when people started remembering, oh crap, after the bye week, he's going to play. <laughs> like, so uh, big bye for me. Um, but let's let's transition a little bit. I think that's enough on the rankings. Obviously, guys, we gave you a good sample size, but please go to the website, check them out. You know, find us on Twitter. You know, if you want to engage, ask questions. We're always going to try to be as transparent as we can. You know, we're a little bit higher on some, a little bit lower on others. Um, but transitioning to our questions, and then we're going to do dogs of the week. So first one is Herbert over Mahomes in Dynasty yet by Blake's nope. dad nine two four. Um, so I think Blake is actually a Chargers fan. So I think there's some bias yes, yes, in that question. Is. Yes, yes. One of our Herbert's a stud. He's a beast, but he's not the QB one. I mean, he's definitely that guy. I mean, I'll say it. You oh, know, he is being that young. Amazing. I think he's I a read franchise it. Quarterback. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And I and I read it. On Twitter, I think it was today um, by Kyle Fantasy. I forget his name. He's a great follow. I apologize, guys. But he was making a good point that for a long time, Patrick Mahomes was the one. And then there was a large tear break, right? There was that gap. Yeah. I mean, it it, kind of is, man. And it doesn't mean that Mahomes isn't still elite. It means that these other players are just really good and they're taking those leaps together, right? Like Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, obviously Deshaun Watson isn't in that conversation right now. He dropped in my rankings. I think just that spot or two, just because I had to move some guys up, but um, more or less just based on that situation, he's still a top three to four talent at quarterback. And then you have Lamar Jackson, who, I mean, what he's doing right now is silly. Um, So for me to answer your question, man, I have Herbert at five in dynasty. I, I can't justify putting him over Kyler or Josh Allen, um, Lamar from a fantasy standpoint, is just going to outproduce those guys because of what he does on the ground. Um, and obviously he's proving like with games yet, like yesterday where he, he can pass the football really, really well. Um, and he's finding success doing that. So Con, I mean, where, where are you at on it? Why, you know, was Mahomes over Herbert or vice versa? Yeah. So the way that I look at it is for Mahomes first three years, right. Where as a sophomore, he took over and then he lost to the Patriots. Then he won the Super Bowl, and then they went back. Those those three teams he was on, they're not the same teams. And we're seeing it just in the way he operates as a quarterback. You know, he's having just a little bit, having to hold on to the ball a bit more because, you know, the receivers besides Hill and Kelsey aren't as good, you know, to, to be getting open and demanding targets, even if, if defenses aren't focusing on them. So I think the, like, the Kylers, the Josh Allens, the Justin Herberts, the Lamar Jacksons, I think they're just in better situations now as – it pertains to their team and their rosters. So like, you know, you look at Lamar Jackson and you see, Oh, well, this guy has Mark Andrews and Sammy Watkins. Oh, and he has Jay Rashad Bateman coming back. Oh, and he has Marquise Brown. Oh, and he has a good line and he has John Harbaugh. And they're passing more and they're throwing more. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know if we talked about on the pod or it was prior to, but was predicted by dynasty dogs that Lamar Jackson would pass the ball more this year. He's doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, before Rashad Bateman even comes back, keep going. And oh yeah, he's getting J.K. Dobbins back next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like when when you compare that stuff, and then you compare it to Mahomes, who the line for them, they credit to them, they've rebuilt it, they've done a great job doing it this off season. Three months, yeah, yeah. And you know they have Hill, who's twenty seven. You know he's gonna be a monster for two, three more years at least. Kelsey, who's thirty two, and he seems to be ageless. Yeah. But you know f- from the drop off between those two. And then you get into the McCall Hardmans and the Josh Gordons who just came off the street and they put him in pads the second week that he's there. You know, when you compare that to Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman, it's just the secondary options are a tier above. With Josh Allen, you know, you have Stefan Diggs and you have Dawson, Dawson Knox, et cetera, et cetera. And then you look, you compare Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders to Nicole Hardman and Josh Gordon. I think those two are a clear step above those other guys. Same yeah. with Kyla Murray, how he has Christian Kirk and AJ Green. Those guys are clearly better than McCall and Hardman. Rondo and Josh. Moore now too. Yes, exactly. And I think the same goes for the Cowboys with mm. Lamb, Schultz, Cooper, Gallup, Zeke, Pollard, like we were just talking about. And the same thing is for the Chargers with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Parham, uh, Eckler, et cetera, et cetera. Josh Kelly, even, I guess you could count him. But that's why the gap is close to me. And the talent of Mahomes is still superior to all these guys. That's just how I feel. I feel like 
those two, three years where the team was really great, he did stuff no quarterback has ever done. So I'm not going to, you know, say now that he's not the same guy. Like, he's still the most talented guy I've ever seen in my life. But those situations catching up is why the gap doesn't seem as big. And I think it's going to be that way for probably the next two or three years. Where do you have him, uh, Herbie? Uh, five. I just, I was I had my rankings open and I kind of just deleted. No, you're good. I have him at five too. I have Mahomes, I do as well. Tyler, Josh Allen, Lamar, and then Herbert. And Watson will be. I don't know when he comes back. He probably will be above Herbert as well. Um, but yeah, I mean Herbert's amazing. Like he's not the QB one, but he has potential to get up there. Climb those rankings. Look, you tell me in your rankings that you have Herbert at three and then like Josh Allen four, Lamar five. I totally, I totally can get with that. I do think Mahomes and Kyler are the one and two just because Mahomes is probably the best passer of the football I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And Kyler is probably him and Lamar, like the best gramblers that we've ever seen, no doubt. Kyler is just a better passer. How fun so, is it that we can even have this conversation, though? You know what I mean? We can sit here and we can talk about there's five guys that really, not to an extent, are interchangeable, but you can make an argument, right? And, like, I, I think I'm going to die on the hill by myself that I think Burrow, by the end of the year, will be in a conversation where you could talk about him with those guys because of the mm-hmm. offense around him. And I do think he's a very talented player. Um, obviously, he's coming off a reconstructed knee. He still looks fearless, and a lot of times he's playing. I mean, he's getting destroyed a lot of times, which he needs to calm down a little bit because he's just a, yeah. he's a warrior out there. But to, to mention about Mahomes, and then we can move on to the next question, which I think is absolutely crazy. They could have had DK <laughs> Metcalf and Jonathan Taylor, bro. Yeah. Like, do you realize the Chiefs could legitimately have DK, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and Jonathan Taylor on offense, and they chose McCole Hardman? And Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now, I like Hilaire. I'm not going to trash him as a player. He's in a great system. But do you realize, or even DeAndre Swift, like what that offense would be today and how much more efficient and how much easier of a life Mahomes. Now, Mahomes signed a 10-year contract. He's going nowhere. He's a superstar. Andy Reid is a great play caller. If they have a down year and it's not what everyone expected, they're still a playoff team, guys. They're they're still going to be competitive. They'll figure it out. It's the first few weeks of the season. Like the defense is playing awful they're giving up like 30 points a game Mahomes has to play out of his mind every week or else he's losing like it's tough right now on a quarterback that has to do that and basically carry his team now he got paid to carry his team so I get it people are like well no excuses but well there is some as a GM like it's your job to put together a team that is constructed appropriately but it's just crazy to think DK Metcalf could have been a chief along with Jonathan Taylor (laughs) like bro that's nuts like they they would never lose yeah, there's another timeline in the universe where that happens. And yeah, that's happening right now somewhere. And like people are just <laughs> watching and saying, oh, my God, like sign me up. Greatest show on turf, man. So moving on. All right. So um, the next yeah, question, my boy, Matt, wanted to know. So he was he was going into this year contending, expecting something from guys like Alan Robinson, Miles Sanders in the same roster. And he's asking how to trade guys like them. Now, I'm saying you don't you hold them. You don't trade them. I don't know what you guys think. Because right now you're not going to get near the value. Like wait for one big game, yeah. people will see it and be like, "Oh, he's back," and then want to be like, "I missed out, but I still want him." So I think some people still value appropriately to an extent, right? Because you have um, like you have guys like you know, like myself personally, like I own a Rob and Sanders actually in the same league. So I'll, I'll talk for you, Matt. Like when I look at my team in that league, I'm deep. You know, I have a lot of wide receivers. I really built out a nice core, but at the same time, Hilaire just went down. And Sanders and Hunter, my running backs right now. Um, I've basically taken a different approach in that league, not going zero RB, but just usually I have like a real RB one, like a Jonathan Taylor, a Saquon Barkley, uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, even Gibson. Like I have a guy that I feel like can really carry my squad. And then I have, you know, whoever behind him in that league, I'm really taking some chances. So for me, man, if, if I'm being honest with you, it's just kind of rough sledding with Sanders because the talent's there, you know what he is. Um, it's just a really shitty situation. Um, I'm not selling low on a guy like that just because I do believe in him. When it comes to A-Rob, the situation will correct itself. Um, this is a player that the sample size is just way too big. Um, it's not like he forgot to have, forgot how to play football. Um, sometimes situations just really, really suck for players. That offense is anemic right now. Um, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. You know, I think Matt Nagy, I'd be kind of shocked if he's not gone next year. I was pretty surprised he was brought back the last two years in a row. Um, he's done nothing to prove why he should still be the coach. Um, 
yeah, it sucks, man. It really does. Like I get it from a, from a fantasy football player standpoint, like you got these guys that you're just like, dude, I know they're talented, but like, do I jump ship now before it's too late? I don't think it'll ever be too late with Miles Sanders and, and a Rob. I think the arrow can only point up and, and that's okay. You know, sometimes you just, it's again, like a Elijah Moore, um, there's just certain guys you're just going to have to accept that it might be st- tough sledding for a few weeks, maybe the year. Um, but when it does pay off, you look back and you're like, man, I'm so happy. I didn't sell low on this guy. I mean, I don't even think it'll be the year either. I don't I think either. Rob's week. He's going to have one of those games where he catches like eight balls for like a hundred yards and a touchdown. Everyone's going to be like, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it, it's, it's, it's better to look at things from a long-term perspective versus week by week, right? Like Robert Woods, for example, people are like, stop looking at it from a game by game and look at it by, from a week by week perspective. And that's just what it is. Things, you know, I'm sorry, not week by week, year by year, things correct themselves. Um, same with Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. There's just certain players that are going to produce. And when you have young guys like Sanders and A-Rob's not an old gun, he's I think 28 now, just, you know, things like that do correct themselves. Um, so anyway, think on. And this is a tough question <laughs> because he's a Sanders. I, I, have, I have total faith in a Rob. Like, you know, I I'm, I have a Rob in a league where I'm four and one. So I'm very, very glad that I don't have to make that tough decision, but with miles Sanders, man, because Johnny was talking about his contract situation and how he's there next year, you know, unless they trade him or unless they, they wouldn't cut him, but you know, he's going to be there. And I don't, I don't think anybody likes that situation. I think everybody loves a Rob situation just from the outside looking in how he has fields, how they have a run game there with Montgomery who looked literally incredibly good before he went down, which sucked. Yeah. Um, Their line, they have a lot of injuries and they're going to become Tevin Jenkins, who was a offensive tackle was a rookie who I loved coming out of the draft. He's out for the season. He'll be back next year. So I think, even this year and especially going forward as Fields develops as their young players on the roster, Montgomery included, get better and better, that offense is going to be really good. So for the next two or three years, as long as A-Rob stays there, because I think he was franchise tagged, right? Yeah. As long as he stays there, I, I have total confidence in him, you know, being that top 12 guy. And even if he leaves, I don't see him leaving to go to a garbage team. No, he won't. You know, he's not going to make that mistake again like he did when he first went to Chicago. So I, I have confidence in either he's going to stay and things will get better or he's going to go and things will get better. Do you know what I mean? Either way, or, it's getting better. Basically. Yeah, I whereas, whereas Sanders, you have, probably have another year in the mud before he goes to a situation where he'll be the one or he'll be taking at least 12 carries and getting three or four targets. Sanders is – I talked about the trade I did where um, – I shipped Lance and Sanders for Rogers and Chubb. And I was, I was really shaky on it because like Johnny said, I am the Sanders truther here and I was big on him last year. It's just, it's really hard to, to manage because they don't even run the ball. You know, it's different if the coaching staff just favors game all over him. And then you could say, Oh, well, it might get him out of there. You don't even know what they do with the running backs because they run the ball nine times a game. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't I don't even know. Like, I wish I could sit here and give you guys an answer on Miles Sanders, but I'm not I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what the hell they're doing. I'm not going to lie. Like, I I don't know a concrete answer. So the obvious thing to say is to hold him, but I don't know when you're going to have a, a sell window or you know if he does really bad this week again, I'm not going to go and tell you to buy him because I don't know if things are going to get better. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately, bad coaches. Are, are, are just that they're bad coaches. You know what I mean? I mean, look, bro, you're telling me that with, like they can't find a play in the playbook where they have Ganwell and Sanders on the field together. Somebody's in the slot or they're, you know, there's two in the backfield or, you know, just get, get creative with it. I mean, Nick Sirianni was supposed to be a great offensive play caller. Was he not? He just is. He was supposed to be. 
<laughs> yeah. Again, I mean, man, <clears throat> this is the same thing as, as Giants fans we talked about with, with Shermer. He's a phenomenal offensive coordinator and he's phenomenal at getting bad quarterbacks to play good football or playing, you know, quarterbacks that have been okay to play above their level. And that's what he's doing right now in Denver. And you're seeing it and it's frustrating as a Giants fan. Cause you're like, why could he not do that in New York? Why could he not coach a team on top of calling a good game? Unfortunately, when you're a coach of a unit versus an entire group of men um, and you have to oversee all the operations, you have to be involved in the defense, the special teams, the gameplay calling, game management, yeah, timeouts, all, you know, your roster construction. There's just all these things going on. It's just too much for some guys, you know what I mean? And and Serini, Sirianni, however the hell you want to say his guy's name. I don't freaking know. I don't Come on, bro. You're Italian, man. Come on. Freaking coach of the Eagles. I don't give a I don't care about this schmuck. Um, all seriousness, <laughs> though, you know, some guys that just they can't run a team appropriately. And you see it. You know, again, I'm a very big Jalen Hurts fan. People can say what they want to say about the player, but I think he's not being utilized appropriately. Um, you know, and it takes time for some players to adjust and, and grow as, as an individual and to be so quick to just you know, put a player in a bad situation and, and make things worse. Like a Miles Sanders, who's obviously talented. You should be leaning on him. You're making it harder on Jalen Hurts, your, your young quarterback. You're making it harder on Devontae Smith, your young wide receiver. You're not utilizing Jalen Rager, who's your first round draft pick At last all. year. You know, obviously go to airs on COVID list today, but you haven't been utilizing your big body tight end that people have said is well, you know, one of the more talented tight ends in the league, you know, especially when he was drafted, you know, Gusecki, all these other guys came out. People felt Godair was that guy. Um, one of my buddies is a Dolphins fan. He was pissed they didn't take Godair over Gusecki, you know, and, and look at how good Gusecki looks. You know, you have to lean on your talent. You got to use these players. And unfortunately, some coaches just aren't capable of it. Um, so anyway, we, we've been rambling on about it long enough. Um, obviously, those guys are holds for me, Nick and Con, and that's where we're at on them. Um, Dogs of the week. Let's talk uh, this week. Nikki, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going with Chase Claypool this week. They're playing Seattle. They lost Juju for the year. So now they really have Najee. Frymuth's been doing some, getting some work, which I like to see, but not too much. Uh, Deontay and Claypool. So I think Claypool's going to have another big week. He had one this week. And yeah, I think he's going to get a lot. Seattle's on Deontay. pace to give up the most yards in NFL history. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're so I bad. saw that. Actually. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I would fire up the Claypool. Shares. Who knows, bro? Maybe Claypool gets Adams on him in man coverage and just takes seventy-five yards to the cribbo. Yeah, hopefully. Let me see that. <laughs> All right, what about you, Con? <laughs> so, this is hinging on Tua coming back, which I think happens. Uh oh, uh oh. Here we go, folks. Hold on, hold on one <laughs> sec. Everybody, calm down. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny can say what he wants to say about me saying two is garbage. I mean, sometimes I'll over exaggerate and I'll and I'll you know make a statement that I I just say I've saved so many of your tweets, bro. You have <laughs> my whole bookmark is like Constantine, 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 Constantine. Two sucks. Two sucks. <laughs> I'm just waiting, bro. Anyway, so if two is back, I'm starting Jalen Waddle this week. They're playing the Jaguars. Love it. And Will Fuller still on IR. Um, they involve Miles Gaskin a lot more in the short passing game, which I think will revert back to Jalen Waddle if two is in there. And they're playing a horrific defense. You know, two was first game back in the lineup. I think he'll lean on Jalen. They, they had a great connection the first uh, two weeks, I believe it was, right? So, yeah, I, I know it's been hard for people to start Waddle. And as somebody who loves Waddle's talent, who thinks he's going to get peppered with targets. I'm saying, you know, if you, if you have a flex decision to make, I'm giving my vote of confidence to Jalen Waddle this week. Wow. Wow. Where's he at for your rookie wide receiver rankings? See, so I have chase up there real high, which you guys laughed at me for. I'm not going to blame you on that, but then I have uh, Rashad Jamar chase. Yeah. Oh, Oh, overall. I mean, yeah. Uh, I just I just thought it was overall. crazy you had him at three overall, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I have Bateman at two, and then I do have Waddle at three right now. Okay, I like it. So I did come up a lot from, I believe it was the first episode or second that we had talked about him, but Johnny will tell you that going into the draft, I thought he was the wide receiver too. So this is true. That's where I am. This is true. All right, so. Um, 
I'm going to go a little bit in my bag here. I don't think anyone's listening to me anymore, so I'm just going to talk. It doesn't matter who I pick, right? No one's going to go with it. Um, I really like St. Brown this week. Um, I'll give you a couple of reasons why. They're playing Cincinnati. Um, let me tell you, I like this, bro. Yeah, I like so I, I just picked 15 fab for him. I hope I get him. Hey, hey there we go. All right. I'm ready. All right, everybody, listen to me. We're back. We're back. We're rolling again. Um, so back-to-back weeks, eight targets, six receptions, seven receptions for, you know, an average about 70 yards the past, the past two weeks. They're playing Cincinnati, who we know likes to throw the ball a lot. Um, I would think that Cincinnati will get a little bit of the lead. You know, you'll see kind of that passing attack coming forward. Hawkinson has looked a little bit. Um, slow. invisible, slow, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Well, he's banged up. Remember his knee was banged up. So I think he's a little hurt right now, but you gotta remember too, defenses are targeting, targeting him as the guy, right? So like, he's going to get all the attention. So I really like St. Brown as a flex spot this week. If you're in deeper leagues and you need a wide receiver or a piece to put in there, um, I think St. Brown could have a, you know, a nice solid floor. Um, I don't see him putting up 30 points, but I see him as a, as a nice dog of the week to, to, you know, fit in there and, and hopefully put you over the hump. So listen, if I get it wrong, I don't want to hear shit from everybody, anybody. All right. Cause I'm already sick about this. Um, <laughs> uh, no, you'll be but good. you'll be good. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll hit finally, but well, Johnny, about- one thing you didn't say that I just wanted to bring up is that Cephas might be out for the season with a collarbone injury. He is. He broke it. Yep. Yeah. Really? So, I didn't even see that. Oh um, man. Dude, I'm like, not was it? Nostradamus, Nostradamus, <laughs> whoever that guy is. I, I feel like him right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, the guy who predicts the targets future. for Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Swift. Swift. We'll see. And listen, this is the thing, too, guys. Like, I try not to be like, like, I could tell you my dog of the week is Jonathan Taylor every week, or, you know, my dog of the week is, yeah. you know, Lamar Jackson. That's how you're starting them regardless if I tell you to or not. You know what I mean? Unless you're in like an eight person league and, you know, you just have everybody on your team. But I, I feel like a guy like, uh, you know, a St. Brown or, you know, you guys are firing up last week, Daryl Henderson, you know, they're, they're, there's just players that you can look at and there may not be the guy that everyone's starting because they are kind of leery on them. You know, we try to give players that maybe not everybody's telling you to fire up and, and they may have that leap, you know, deep league appeal. Um, or some guys who have been struggling and then have a week where they go off like I did with Sutton. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm trying to do with Claypool. I mean, he had one good week, but he was struggling before that. He had like two. Three well, weeks. and it's cool with Claypool, right? Because we can finally probably see him more featured as as really that guy because Juju's yes. out. And of course, it sucks for Juju. I love Juju as a player, as a person, um, but he's out, and it, it makes guys like Deontay Johnson and you know guys like uh, Chase Claypool, even Najee Harris is going to have an uptick in targets and usage. So. Um, it's definitely a good reason to target these guys and look out for them. And that's another thing you have to be aware of. If a guy goes down or a guy's hurt, you know, go out, send a trade offer, see if somebody's a little bit lower on them. You know, you never know. Um, anyway, so that's where we're at, guys. That kind of brings us in conclusion to episode, um, I believe we're at 10 right now. Is that our first nine, 10 episodes? I think it's nine I or think 10? It's nine, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So episode nine. So we're, we're coming up on 10. Uh, you know, definitely shout us out on, on Twitter. If you have any questions or anything comes up, we always love chatting with everybody on there. Um, we try to be really active, always, you know, making sure we're giving you start sit um, accommodations and, you know, we might not always get it right. I think somebody asked me last week about Brady and cousins. I think I answered like right as the game started and I was like, definitely Brady and Brady went nuts. So I was no, like, I was literally in my car at like 1258 and we got a tweet Gibson or Mixon. And I said, I go Gibson. Mm-hmm. Like I know Mixon's playing, but he's going to get limited work. Gibson's yeah, yeah. good. And, and then he goes, are you sure? And I'm like, yes. And then he, yeah, like, that's he the thing Johnny after. does, like, man. No. Johnny, Johnny Lesk's on the trade and he'll be like, so he'll, so he'll be like, oh, would you trade, you know, just hypothetically, would you trade Barkley for JT? And I'll be like, um, yeah. Like, and he'll be like, oh, you sure? And I'm like, <laughs> And I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not lying to you. Listen, bro. my my reason I'll ask that is because <laughs> sometimes I want to hear your logic. Like, if I ask you, like, I usually know why I want to make a trade or if I'm going to make a trade or if I value a player a certain way. But when I ask, I'm asking because I want to just hear, like, well, I see this person with this, this. So if there's anything I'm not seeing or thinking, you're giving me that, and then you'll be like, yeah, uh. and I'm like, why? Because I said so, schmuck. And it's like, all right, well, thanks, bro. I appreciate that so much. Like, <laughs> anyway, well, we appreciate you. Johnny's mic just cut out. So, anyway, I'll take us out of here. Thank you guys for listening. Take care, and I will see you next week. Peace.
Hey, everybody, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we always have fun with you. Make sure you come back and join us next time, and please remember to be on the lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word for daily updates and content. This is Johnny P, Nick, and Khan. We'll see you next time.